Well, well, well. We made it to episode three. Who'd have thought? So far, so good. I think so. <laughs> yes. It's only been, what did we record? We recorded on uh, Tuesday, and it's now Saturday, because we're that excited Yeah. to bring you the episode. We got the bug. We got the bug. It's fun. It's, um, it's cool. It's a very unscripted. It's very different than the Heretic Happy Hour. Like, we don't prepare a lot on that show. We do, we, we prepare. And we do this outline. We have this like cloud-based document that's like running with all of our ideas. And like um, Ralph, our producer, uh, fleshes out the notes and makes sure he adds like, you know, calls from the Heretic hot, mm-hmm. Hotline. So it's a show and you have to prepare for it. But this is like, what do we talk for like five minutes before the show? I just love that. It's as unscripted, it's as real, it's as true to the real thing as you can get. Yeah, I, I like that I don't have to prepare for it. It appeals to... Your laziness? My lazy-ass side. Yeah, yeah. I love that you call yourself a lazy-ass <laughs> in our book. Um, I think a little self-deprecation is always healthy. Like, if you don't take yourself too seriously, like, you're less offendable. You're happier, <clears throat> you know? Yeah, uh, definitely a less stressful way to live. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think people take themselves way too seriously. It's like, damn. For sure. I don't know. But hey, let's um, let's pick up where we left off by starting our episode with a word from our uh, what we're drinking. I told I asked my wife to pick up whiskey, a random whiskey. And this is what she came up with. And it, I think it's really good. Have we? Seems like we've had this before. I feel like I've had it before. It tastes similar. It's that smoky shit that I talked about in I think the first episode, like Finlegan. It's an Irish uh Scotch whiskey. Yeah, and it's pretty smoky. It's really yeah. smoky. They even describe it as such. Like um the finish is uh quote long and warming smoky ashes of the peat fire. And I'm like Yeah, I take I, I taste peat peat ash in this one. Is that what that is? Okay. <laughs> That's what they say. Right. I mean, this is the kind of shit where I like I couldn't pick that out. I would never pick out peat ash. I would pick out smoky though. Ooh, it's smoky and it's good though. <clears throat> so, oh yeah, I am liking it for sure. Bravo to Lindsay because you picked out a good one. Mm-hmm. I think it was at Trader Joe's. Ah, this is what it sounds like in it. It sounds like Jameson. <laughs> Very similar. Sometimes it's hard. It's like, what does it taste like? Uh, whiskey. I don't know. <laughs> smoky whiskey. I can taste differences, but it's definitely whiskey. <clears throat> Right, I can definitely tell the difference between Black Velvet and Jim Beam. Yeah, you can definitely do that. This is good though. This is some smoky shit. Yeah, so that's that's our whiskey. I think it's good. I don't know if it's our best one. I think Cooper's Mark's in the lead so far. I like it a little bit more, but this is definitely good for for the smoky shit, which I said I like. And it's um, yeah, it's hard. It's a sipping whiskey. You can't down this. You wouldn't want to mix it in a with Coke or anything. No, Maybe. that would, that would ruin it. Yeah. yeah, you got to use the cheap shit for that, yeah. those highballs. But anyway, this is episode three, and um, I don't know. I think maybe it would be good to mention, like, I know we mentioned it in the episode zero, like what the show is about, what the context is, what we've been doing, and we, how long we've been talking around a bonfire. But mm-hmm. just to reiterate, like, <laughs> I had I had a good friend who I'm writing a book with. She was like... I tried to take notes during your epi- your first episode. I was like, yeah. this is... She asked me if I ha- we had an outline. And we sort of do. And I said, no, we don't have an outline. 
if what we have is an outline, then Donald Trump has good hair. Like <laughs> we have a couple notes, like just in case this is like, oh, hopefully we get to these topics. And we do, t- we do try to start out with one main topic, but the reality of it, this is like unscripted and unpre- not unprepared. It's just trying to capture what we would actually do on a Tuesday night if we weren't recording. Right. The main goal is for you to be entertained, not for you to learn anything. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, definitely. I think there's like, if you listen to an hour of, of what we're doing, like there might be like a handful of things that are like, oh, let me go back and listen and be like, oh, this is really top notch. But most of the time it's like, we're just trying to be, sometimes it's good to show who you really are as a person. And a lot of people appreciate that. That's actually some of the success that I've had is that people are like, well, you're real. Like you're not afraid to be this and that like you're not hiding anything Mm -hmm. so i think it's good to have these vulnerable discussions where if you're trying to produce a show we produce a show on the heretic happy hour like there's preparation there's big big time notes there's a chat bar while we're talking our producers in our ear so to speak the whole time like it's a show and i like that but i think this is more like the behind the scenes of what these type of people are really like we're just trying to have a conversation enjoy it or don't Yeah, and I could see how it might be encouraging to people who, you know, maybe want to do a podcast or know that we're not necessarily always on our game when we're writing a book. Like, that's just the very end polished product of, you know, years of conversation and reading and stuff. It's good. It's risky to show that, though. I think a lot of times, like, people are like, oh, you wrote a book or you did this, like, you're this musician and I've heard of you or something like like you're just always on your game. But it's like, no, sometimes your best work is what you struggle through. That's not always the case. I think sometimes some of your best work is something that just bleh, comes out <clears throat> like, like you vomited out. But I think on the flip, but that doesn't necessarily mean some of your best work isn't also the stuff you struggle through. It, 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 seems, it seems I've had both. Like some of my coolest stuff that I've written is really easy and some of it is really, really, really difficult. Right, but probably the safest bet would be to do a, br- a bunch of preparation beforehand and then just try to let it come out naturally. I guess. That would be the safest bet. Yeah. But maybe that's what this is. Like we, we talked around a bonfire for, or, you know, for five years or so before we recorded. We weren't necessarily practicing how to speak or talk. That wasn't a part of it. It was just like, let's just hang out. So, but it turned out to be practice because you don't know what you're going to end up creating. Oh, it's definitely practicing the art of conversation. For sure. One way or another. So then when you jump in, like, I would want to encourage people just to podcast, but sometimes don't jump into things. Like, just just experience things and just, if you want to be a writer, yeah, write a lot of stuff. Don't have the expectation that you're going to produce it or publish it anywhere. Just write for the right, for the writing's sake. And I think eventually most people will probably get good enough to where they can publish something or if they, you know, they got to push it, but... Just write at first. Just write. Just podcast. Just start playing music. I don't know how to write a song. We'll just learn guitar. Just do it. And if you keep doing it, you're going to do it more than most people. And, you know, chances are you're going to get pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if you like it at all, if you enjoy what you're doing at all, chances are good. Yeah. That something is going to happen. Yeah. Unless you really suck at everything. (laughs) So then maybe just don't quit your day job. Keep doing it. But 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think eventually you'll come up with something. It'd be really weird if you didn't. Yeah. The hard part is that a lot of things that we're passionate about don't earn us money. It's really difficult. Which stinks. It, it does stink. It's weird. Like the most money I ever made doing a job was something I really was not interested in at all. It was like the medical field. <laughs> and I was yeah. good at it. Like I, but it was, it had, had to be social. I had to, ch- I had to talk to patients all day. <sighs> it was difficult. Uh, I mean, difficult. I imagine you're pretty trashed. At the, well, not trashed, but <laughs> no comp- not I trashed. plead the fifth. <laughs> Emotionally trashed. Yeah, mentally trashed. It was hard. So that's a funny thing about being a content creator. Like when you do start, let's say you're, let's say you're creating content like 25% and working 75%. It's still tough because a lot of people will be like, well, just write on the side. Just do this on the side. It's like after eight hours a day, like, damn, it takes energy to be creative. And, and when you, when you're, when you're done at the end of the day and you just want to lay down, like that's the hard part. Maybe in your twenties, but I'm getting too old for that shit right now. You're going to be 40 pretty quick, right? Like a couple years? Uh, yeah, pretty much uh, in a year. Oh, I'm close behind. So you just turned 39. Yeah, on the 28th. And I'll be 37 in September. Okay. So I got two years behind you. You look good for almost 40. Well, thanks. It's definitely not from clean living. <laughs> We're drinking whiskey right now. It's from drinking whiskey. <laughs> I hope. I don't think so. But <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, you know what we should we should talk about? We haven't talked about it yet. We should talk about the, the, the reason we're at my house instead of yours. Yeah, that'd be good. Be good. It's cathartic to talk about tragedy sometimes. Yeah, we're coming up on just around month four after the campfire. And uh, I heard somebody say that months four through eight are when it really sinks in. Hmm. Um, that tends to be the hardest for people when a tragedy strikes or when something like, yeah, after, after the adrenaline has worn off. Yeah. Oh, you think, you think adrenaline after a tragedy is that long? Is that what they say? Uh, well, that's what I heard and thinking about it, that seems experientially true. Yeah. Just the, the pain in the ass of (laughs) your everyday life now, just, yeah, so for people that don't know, everyone everyone knows what the campfire was, right? I mean, it's the biggest, most tragic fire in California's history. Mm-hmm. Like a hundred and some odd thousand acres burn. How many thousand of buildings burned down? It's like ten, like ten thousand plus, right? It was like fourteen thousand, maybe nine thousand. Well, it was eighty percent of the buildings, I think, total of Paradise, California. Of, yeah, eighty percent was burned. Eighty, eighty. Okay, that's what it looks like when you drive up yeah. there. Yeah, it looks about that. Yeah, because there'll be sections where there's like ten houses in a row, but then there's sections of fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, like most of the uh, houses on my block survived. <laughs> so we were <laughs> except kind of for the opposite, except for it's... yours. It's because you're a heretic, <laughs> right? I didn't pray hard enough. I guess. I guess not. No, I bet some people believe that. Right? I mean, you've talked about people that have. Yeah, <sighs> I've read some shit online, man. I know some people that believe that kind of stuff. And then what they say is like, we prayed this thing and our house was spared or this and that was spared. It's like, oh boy. Like a lot of people wasn't. A lot of churches weren't. A lot of Christian houses weren't. 
Like you just alienated a lot of people when you say shit like that. That level of what is that self-awareness or some sort of awareness? Yeah. It's pretty shocking. Shocking how little introspection there is. Just like get on Instagram, post some shit about how God is good. And it's like, whoa, stop. Just stop for a second. Just stop. You don't got to make that post. <laughs> like, Stop. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but you were you were caught up in that shit, weren't you? I mean, it was it was quick. I think the fire started. My mom sent me a picture on Facebook where the fires always kind of start. Concow, Polga, that shit over the canyon where yeah. you're like, you see yeah. a fire there, and you're like, yeah, Concow is always burning. That's yeah. another. That's another normal day. Yeah. What was weird was that it was November. We hadn't had rain in forever. Right. So a November November fire is weird. And then an hour later, I was taking my daughter to school and it was like, uh-oh, this is bad. From from just a normal fire to, and then you hear that paradise on fire. And I was like, oh, you were caught up in that shit. Yeah, my uh, taking on its own, pretty incredible story, but it was pretty much as, my story was pretty much everybody's story. Everybody's um, story. I mean, I woke up, I looked outside and... Um, the trees were all white, and the sky was orange. You know, something wasn't right. And we saw the plume of smoke, of smoke, but like you said, I mean, there's fires up that direction every every year, it seems like. Every year, once or twice at least. Right. So I, I went to work. I didn't really think anything of it. And then um, I was looking outside every once in a while just to check it out. And then, you know, pretty quickly, just these big chunks of debris were just floating in the air in the parking lot of the church and it was quickly getting dark and then we got a call on the radio from the office that the charter school right below the church was on fire so uh me and my boss that's in the same parking lot right i mean just right across the driveway really yeah um but it, as it turned out the charter school wasn't on fire it was the trailer park behind it that was on fire mm, that's still uh, close right just across the fence yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So then me and my boss were down there with the charter school people trying to, you know, keep the fire on that side of the fence. And we were doing that for, seemed, seemed like an hour, but it was only like a half an hour. Mm -hmm. And then uh, officials from the town of Paradise said, you guys have got to get out now. The whole town is on fire. You just got to leave. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it home to Sperry because um, traffic was already, bumper to bumper was always already completely stopped yeah, so the I, whole town is not set up for this no there's like no, a couple exits all. i mean this yeah. is <laughs> and this is what everybody was afraid would happen yeah it is exactly what happened yeah so i live only about a mile from home so i grabbed a mask from downstairs and i told sperry i just i gotta run home to you so i uh i pretty much jogged all the way up to the top of my street so i you, didn't you left your car I left. I left my Bronco. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't have time to. We didn't have time for me to go back to our house because, um, yeah, we just had. We had to get out. Um, yeah. And well, I mean, after that, it was just two hours of trying to get out of paradise. Just bumper uh, to bumper. Bumper to bumper. Yeah. And um, I think I, I texted you. You texted me where I was at. Um, right before we got to Neil at the bottom of Skyway as you're leaving, leaving Paradise. And you said like, hey, are you, are you almost out? And I said, yeah, I think we're good. You, you know, did. We should have, I wish we'd have queued it up because I'm sure I still have it. I don't delete my texts, really. 
Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting. Next episode, we'll have to do yeah. it. Um, but I remember you were like, you were like, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm I was good. like, okay, good. Because I was I was 15 minutes away, so I was good. And I was just waiting for my family and you and a couple other people. And some of y'all could not. You said you were good. Other people I couldn't hear from. Mm-hmm. And then you texted me, you're not good. Or you weren't good. I, I Well, I don't think I texted you. We'll have to find out. No, I think but, it was you know, after. It was like two minutes later, we were stopped right at the uh, exit of Paradise. And traffic was stopped. And you could see the, the fire kind of creeping over the ridge yeah. a little bit. And then not soon, soon after that, the telephone pole right next to us was catching fire. Uh-huh. And we could start feeling heat on both sides. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I didn't think that we were going to die, but it's weird when I wasn't sure, I wasn't positive if we're going to make it out. Damn. But luckily, traffic got going, and we did have to drive through the flames, but it was funny. Were you driving quick, though, at that time, though? Well, we were, we we... were doing the speed limit, but... Um, you still had to drive through flames. Like, you weren't creeping through flames. No, so, I mean, oh, it felt good. like we were speeding after, you know, yeah. two hours of creeping through paradise, but... Damn. And then it was just a night and day difference. You you were instantly out of it. And it was sunny? And it was sunny and oh, man, just a big wall weird. of black behind you. <laughs> Dude, from Chico, it looked like Independence Day. You know that movie? Mm-hmm. When the aliens yeah, show sure. up and it does that big cloud. I was uh-huh. like... It kind of... No. Yeah, it kind of looked like that. Yeah. Black with, uh, you know, yellow flame. <laughs> I remember taking... I take my daughter to school at like... I probably leave around eight ten, eight fifteen, and when she was getting ready, I looked down and I was like, "It's fucking dark." We're, we're like twenty minutes away, but we're down in the valley. And I was like, "It's dark," and by the time it got eight fifteen, I start driving down the road to take my daughter to school, and then I see that there's like a little clearing. Cause we got a lot of trees in Chico. There's a little clearing. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, this is fucking. It, it looked apocalyptic. Like if I was back mm-hmm. two thousand years ago and I was Josephus, I'd have been writing like <laughs> the sky rolled up like a scroll. <laughs> Fuck! It was right. cr- it was crazy. The gods are smiting us. Oh my god! Yeah. What have we done? Yeah. Like we fucked up. Whatever we did, what did we do in the last week? Whatever that was, this is our fault. Like we fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was weird. It's crazy. I mean, if you if you just take the tragedy out of, of the, out of the situation if you can even do that just the imagery is very striking um oh i'm sure i mean it's kind of a addicting just to you know replay the images in your head do those kind of movies kind of get it right do you think i don't even know what movie would well any of those sort of like a like um shit dante's peak like those oh, kind of movies, sure. those kind of like apocalyptic end of the world movies, like where people are fucking running and shit. Dante's Peak wasn't very far off as far as the color palette goes. <laughs> oh, really? But, I don't remember that movie, yeah. though. No, well, yeah, it's been a good 15 years. Well, when yeah. it came out? I don't know when that mid-90s? came out. Mid-90s? Maybe. Yeah. It's been 10 years for me since yeah, I saw at it. least. I bet the, I bet the, the, does the vividness go away? The vividness of the flames, of the heat, does that kind of stick with you or... Does it just become another memory? It diminishes more slowly. Yeah. Than uh, than some random memory. Some random memory. Yeah. 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 I wonder. I mean, there's got to be brain science behind that. Like when your adrenaline's running, I wonder if you're like 
your brain's essentially taking snapshots, bop, 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 whereas normally we're just like, bop, 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 a normal day. We're, uh, not, we're not really uh, putting that shit on the long-term hard drive. <laughs> but yeah, the, I'm but sure the, this stuff is seared in there pretty well. Pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Your house, you just finished that addition too, huh? I know, damn it. <laughs> you got a garage finally. I got my two-car garage. Yeah. I got my second story. Yo, yeah. You got a... Garden was looking dead. An, an adult bedroom, right? With a bathroom, like, yeah, that's sad. It's sad. We had, we just planted. Was it our fourth year or our fifth year? It was our fourth year. That was our fourth year. This was going to be our fifth year. Say. Yeah. And I just got the soil good. Like we had the worms in for two years. The tomatoes would grow so fucking much, and the peppers like too much food. I mean, yeah. too much. And we only had six tomatoes, maybe eight tomatoes. No, I planted a couple later. But, yeah, we had eight. I yeah. Think, yeah, and it was going to be the first year that our asparagus were coming up. They were going to be edible. They take like three years. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and everything else was going. We had eggplants. We had fucking zucchinis. The best watermelon to cantaloupe. That was the only time I ever grew melons really well. And yeah. I think it was the soil. I think it's just working the soil over and over for years. Like our first year was, yeah, it was alright. It was alright. It was doable. It was like okay, we learned some things. But towards, yeah, it was getting towards magical soil towards the end, yeah. Man, yep. And then we had those trees. We had like 20 fruit trees. And we just got some old vine Zinfandel grapes. And yeah, that, we're going to yeah. harvest our first batch. We were. We are going to make a couple bottles of wine. And eventually, hopefully make like at least 10 bottles of wine, I think. But they were good. I was surprised. Like, that was our first year and we actually had grapes. And they were tasty. Yeah, that's usually not the case. It takes... No. Not the first year. No, um, I think it takes a couple of years. So that was, that's tragic, man. We worked on that shit forever and now it's gone and, uh, all gone. That's all right. It's okay. Like, how does in the books on in the books, at least you don't see this on the, on the movies, but, uh, at the end of return of the King, like in the movies, they just go back to the Shire at the end and all is well, nothing ever happens really. They don't make any, but in the books, like, Sodomon comes in and fucks shit up, right? I mean, they chop down the big tree mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, from mm -hmm. from uh, Bilbo's party. That's right. They fuck everything up. Then they got to rebuild the Shire, man. Yeah, like, the last half is pretty much rebuilding, or the process, right, of rebuilding the Shire. Yeah, it's a long, I mean, it's a long process. There's a lot of chapters in there, and it's, yeah, it's long. And, yeah, when, uh, after, after, Frodo, with the help of Schmeagol, of course, gets rid of the ring, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Sam. I love Sam. They got they, their 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 story's not done. They got to go back and and raise the Shire because that's what it feels like, man. We had the Shire, we had it all. Like like Sam would come into our garden and be like, he would be, he'd be proud. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Yeah. So now we got to start over. That's a hard part. Yeah, I mean, all endings are random. I mean, the story yeah. always continues. Yeah, I have to do the sequel, man. Garden 2.0. That's right. At least, um, at least Donald Trump showed up. Yeah, I mean, he's always good for a laugh. Yeah, he showed up, man. He called it Pleasure California. Close. Pleasure close. Paradise. Yeah. I guess. I guess you'd be full of pleasure if you were in paradise, like actual paradise. So, yeah. I mean, just throwing him that bone. Yeah. yeah. 
He described it. He just didn't get the name right. But that's really the most disrespectful thing you can probably do to somebody is to get their name wrong. Yeah. Well, on a normal day, it would be passable. If I was like, hey, Mark. Oh, sure. Shit. Mike. <laughs> and I just met you. Eh, okay, whatever. If you call me Mike, if you call me Mark, if you call me uh, Mac. People call me Mac a lot when I say when I say Mac. They get Mac. I don't know how. But if your wife had just died or something like that. And someone just could not get it right. <laughs> this guy's a dick. That, that's something different. Yeah, that's a whole different yeah. that's a whole different ballgame, man. <laughs> On a normal Tuesday, fine. Yeah. Whatever. Your whole family just that. died? <laughs> you and you call you call me Mick? Like, <laughs> fuck you. Come on, man. You can't get you can't get that shit right. Might be getting a close fist right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, not a violent man, but maybe in the right situation I would be. I try not to be violent. It's hard though. It's hard not to at least be violent with your words. Like I'm not gonna be violent normally. I might throw something, but hopefully not at somebody. But you ever punch a wall in anger? Uh, I might have. I have. Yeah, I, I banged a wall like. Like with my fist, you know, like not punching straight because I knew don't punch a wall because you might hit the stud and you break. I see, I've seen kids in the group homes break their hands on studs. Yeah. So I just gave it a pop, but I got it right in between the studs and I dented the wall. My wife was so mad. This was years ago. I've got, I've got, I've got my dad in me, dude. I got anger. I've got anger built up. I got anger in there. And that's not, that's not nothing. No. No, I could do some shit, man. That's why you can't be a hypocrite and judge people. If you're honest with yourself, like I could mm-hmm. do some shit, because you know I'm, I, I'm I, I, you know, I could, I could hurt people if I wanted to. Like I did enough MMA and jujitsu to hurt people, and did juvenile hall and shit, and I got anger. So it's like you got to check, you got to check yourself, you got to know your own capabilities and check yourself. And I don't really. I mean, I've never had any martial arts training or anything like that. So, so I think that could be good though. Because I think if you do martial arts, you do boxing, you do anything like that, but you're not disciplined. Well, the good thing is when you do that, normally you get disciplined. That's what martial arts teaches you. That's why you don't just lash out at people when you're, when you've actually trained. You know, it's it's more of a self defense thing. It's this and that. Yeah. But I think if you had skills, but you didn't, if you you didn't keep your ego in check, you didn't keep your anger in check, like you could be a dangerous motherfucker. I couldn't imagine some of these UFC fighters like. I think they could get in some trouble because people like that are killers. They could kill you quick. I don't think we understand how good some of these guys are. When you know any sort of skill, you got to be really disciplined because you got some anger behind some of those punches. Like you don't know what you're capable of. I don't know. Yeah, if you're a fairly good scientist and you have anger issues, you can make uh, some pretty deadly things. And yeah, any kind of skill. Can be I, used for evil. Any any people who have done like some crazy shit, at least on their own, they probably are smart. It's never for like a lack of intelligence. Like people who blow shit up, unless they're just you know some sort of mule. <laughs> but if they're like the mastermind behind something, like mm-hmm. they're smart. It's not for a lack of intelligence. You know a skill. Sometimes it's dangerous to know skills. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, like. Uh... A cow that turns bad isn't going to be able to do a whole lot of damage, but it might, run, evil, you, it might run you over, <laughs> right? But that's about the extent of it. Yeah. But a fallen angel, you know, that's something you should be afraid of. 
that what you're saying we are? No, I'm saying we're we're fallen humans. Yeah. Which is not a whole lot better. Yeah. That's an interesting concept. The fallen nature of humanity. Like you don't mean the Augustinian kind of stuff, like original sin, all that kind of shit. Like we're no. to- where we're totally de- inherited guilt, totally depraved, all that kind of. No, no, we're not totally, but um, we do we do certainly go wrong. But I would, but no, I'm not going to say that's inherent. Yeah, in our nature, we've certainly got it wrong a lot of times. There's a quote. I always try to quote shit. <laughs> this is why you don't take notes on the bonfire sessions. <laughs> There's a quote I read. It's from some Russian motherfucker. And I can't pronounce his name. He's got way too many consonants and not enough vowels. But it's like the line of good and evil runs through the heart of every person. Oh, it seems like that made it into a movie, too. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it's made into books and movies. And I want to say the guy's name's Alexander, but I'm not going to look up stuff. This isn't the Joe Rogan podcast. We don't have a tech guy who can look up <laughs> shit for us. No, that that's the line in the sand we, we refused. Yep, it's going to be raw. You're going to have to look up this shit. Maybe this is why we need like a, a Facebook group. We could post our episodes and be like, if we don't know a quote, someone has to look it up and you can win a prize. Yeah, you'll have plenty of work to do. Yeah, we'll mention. <laughs> yeah, this is where it's vulnerable to, you know, like I said, I think I said on the last episode, sometimes it's hard to remember, but like I'm always worried about citing stuff. I'm always worried about checking my resources, checking my sources, checking the rebuttals before I affirm something, checking all the different angles that some doctrine is approached by. And so I know right. the counter arguments. Then you get on a show like this and you got, we don't have notes in front of us. We're just talking and we kind of expose how dumb we are. <laughs> no, I'm more interested in, in dealing with the actual idea, playing around with the idea is not, I'm not worried about if that was the actual quote. Let's talk about the quote itself. See, I think that's where like intelligence and wisdom comes into play. Like a, a super intelligent person could memorize all the quotes. They can memorize where things are said. They can memorize Bible verses. I'm not good at that. But I think wisdom has more to do with how, what do we do with the knowledge? You know, how do we apply it? How do we be consistent in our thinking? How do we ask the right questions? Anyone, I mean, anyone with a high IQ could recite Shakespeare. That doesn't mean they're wise. But a wise person could not have the intelligence quotient <laughs> to cite those things or the, or the interests. Like someone could have um, a lot of wisdom and be a great artist, not necessarily be able to mm-hmm. have a photographic memory or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. And I would, I'm definitely more worried about being wise than memorizing a phone book or something like that. Yeah, I would rather be a wise writer than a scholar, let's say. Mm-hmm. A scholar could be super smart. Doesn't mean they're wise. Doesn't mean they're not. I just don't think one necessarily leads to the other. Yeah. Most wise people probably have some sort of intelligence, but I bet I bet some wise people are pretty low on the IQ co- test. <laughs> Maybe. It's a funny thought, but yeah, I'm sure that's the case. I hope it is. I think I know some wise people that I work with. I wouldn't say they have a high, high IQ. I'm not sure. 
I mean, you think of the simple farmer. I think sure. <laughs> like Sam, Sam Wise. Ah, yeah, Sam. I wonder what I his would say IQ he's would... a perfect example. Maybe an IQ of one fifty. <laughs> it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be pushing one forty because one forty, I think, is genius, right? Yeah, I think. Sam, yeah, he wouldn't be like eighty, but he would be over a hundred, probably, but not much. Sure. Maybe Pippin and Mary. Maybe well, I think I don't know. They get portrayed differently in the uh, in the movie. I think as the book. I don't think they're the bumbling idiots they necessarily should be. Mary seems a whole lot less intelligent in the movies. Yeah, the movies definitely caricaturize him. What do you think about the movies? We talk about Lord of the Rings all the time, and for as much as I think we both would love them for what they are, but when you step back and you evaluate them objectively, what do you really think? Some of the cinematography is a little annoying. All the close... Oh, the close, the pan. I was thinking the panoramic shots when they're hiking. It's it seems like a very sappy movie, um, or over dramatic. Um, yeah, I don't think the books are as dramatic. I think they're much more real. But I wonder if that's the. I wonder. I I wonder if that's because maybe movies are an older technology. Like you have Netflix now. You could do a Netflix. Let's say you did a six season series of the Lord of the Rings. You could you could play with. You could have much more, I don't even know. You have so much more to work with. Like if you got to take, if you got to take the Fellowship of the Ring and condense it down to three hours, Tom Bombadil might have to go. But I, you know, purists like us, we get, ah, why'd you take Tom Bombadil out? I mean, if you're going to go in that direction, I would say, you know, why not just recreate the books word for word? That's, that's what I think someone, I think someone, if they could do that, and that's where like Netflix, Amazon Prime. I mean, I know Amazon Prime is releasing a new Lord of the, you know, Lord of the Rings world universe, Middle Earth. I've heard it's going to be about Aragorn when he's younger. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know how they're going to do it. But if you really stayed true to the movie or to the books, and you did like an episode, like each episode was a chapter, so you've got like fifteen chapters for the first season, and you're not even done with Fellowship yet. That's going to be a way different product than trying to put Fellowship in a three-hour movie. I know. I would watch it. I know a bunch of people oh, who would watch it. Yeah. But but see, it comes down to money. Would they make would money? Would there be enough people for the... Yeah. You get the purists like us who's like, don't fuck with Tolkien. Don't say shit about him. I'll defend him. I get I get my ego flares up when you talk <laughs> shit about Tolkien. I don't, I, I don't care. You talk shit about C.S. Lewis, fine. I'll talk shit about C.S. Lewis. Not I, Tolkien. That's I my boy. Agree. Tolkien's my boy. C.S. Lewis, his prose is good, but it's good. As time goes on, that's where I have to stop, unfortunately. Yeah. But you know, standing on the shoulders of giants again. You know? Sure. I didn't see this. Is, I, Narnia is good, but it's not great. I think it's too obvious. Aslan's obviously Christ. No, Tolkien is Pe- di- Peter. He even name. <laughs> he didn't even give him a different name. He's like Peter. Whatever. It's like Peter's in the Bible, dude. And I don't oh. know if there's a one-to-one correspondence, but <laughs> I, it's I never like even went there. It's like Frodo, Gandalf, Aragorn, they all are archetypal. So there might be there might be uh similarities between Frodo and Jesus, let's say, or Aragorn and Jesus or Gandalf, but you can't say there's a one-to-one correspondence. Whereas Aslan's, it's like, oh my goodness. This is so obvious, it's like kind of forced. I mean, Aragorn didn't die and 
Right. Gandalf did, and he has this resurrection. Right. So it's like, okay. But then Frodo's like the suffering servant. Aragorn's the king, the they triumphant king. They just put it king. all in a blender. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which but is better. I mean, it I think out better that's that what way. I thought. That's why I think in that regard, Tolkien would be better at doing that than Lewis. Well, I don't, I don't hate Narnia. I'm not sure. I mean, I, no. if I wrote it, I'd be super proud. But, you know, I, I respect Lewis in many ways. There was a lot. There was a lot. I think he was deficient in, but yeah, I'm deficient in a lot of things too. I mean, would you say that maybe it's just down to personal taste, or do you think that Tolkien was actually objectively a better storyteller? Yeah, I mean, can you even be objective about something? Like I don't. That? Think I don't you, think you can. I don't think you can be objective. See, I would rather have. I would rather you describe that mountain range over there for the next three pages. Then just pass over it real quick. But a lot of people would be like, I can't even read Tolkien because he's he's describing things in such detail, I lose my interest. And some so then therefore I think they'd be gravitate more towards Lewis, who would be less descriptive in the environment around him or the journey it takes for his characters to get from point A to point B. Um and, and I, I also think the character character development there's so much backstory and so much i mean you've got tolkien's creating like entire lore and entire songs based on one character who is the father Mm -hmm. of this character who is the father of this character who finally gets to the characters who are actually in the the trilogy (laughs) and you're like wow you're you're creating songs about someone's great 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 grandfather like lewis is not doing that from what i've read in Narnia, he doesn't do that. There's not that backstory. So the character no, development right. is so detailed. For me, I love it. Some people were like, holy shit, I can't deal with this. Tolkien's unreadable, they would say. I don't know. I've, I'm somewhere in the middle. I, Well, first off, I mean, I have to admire it because I, I don't write that way. I don't, have, I don't think I have the ability to be as descriptive as Tolkien. I wouldn't um, think you would, no. And I don't think I would be that good at writing action scenes for that matter either. I mean, really, I, I think I'm just a philosopher. I don't know how much of a natural storyteller I am. Um, I almost see you as wanting to write fiction, but... But, no, I'm I'm more of an essayist. Yeah. That's definitely um, where I'm naturally gifted. Yeah, Tolkien's on a whole different level, dude. It's so descriptive, man. I couldn't write like that. But, I mean, have you ever tried? I've never tried. I just feel like I wouldn't do well. Not really. I just kind of, it's one of those, take a step back and know your own skill set. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. But I guess if I tried, I, w- I could get there. Not, not, I'm not saying I could get to Tolkien level, but you could become a good storyteller. I guess I just haven't tried. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know that I even really want to. <laughs> no, the fiction stuff seems almost like a pipe dream for me. Like, it sounds cool, but... It might be try- time to drop it for me. I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things, like, am I forcing this because I think it would be cool? Or is this really where I'm feeling led to do? Right. To be honest, I would rather be riding dirt bikes and playing video games and working on that craft, you know? If you could do anything, you'd be a dirt bike rider. Would you? If you could make like, let's say, a hundred thousand dollars a year doing whatever, just pick one thing. What would it be? Dirt biking. Yeah. Like racing. 
Well, yeah, it would definitely be more the um, enduro. The what? Enduro type races, definitely not. Definitely not. No motocross. <laughs> what? What? Explain that. Well, more cross country racing, uh, like point A to point B, oh, like okay. across the mountainside or the desert oh. or something like that. Okay. I mean that that's what like the Baja Five Hundred is. Okay. Um, okay. The dirt biking for hundred. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd I would cool. I would do that for eight hours a day, be in super good shape. <laughs> you probably got a you got have a strong core, huh? You got to be like on it. Yeah, I mean it's your body is always in tension. Like you're not always lifting a whole lot, but you're always, you know, balance. I mean, balance takes your core muscles and stuff. Yeah, you're always yeah. tense. Yeah. So it's all you yeah. know for however many hours you don't. It's one of those things. Like it's like doing the um. You ever do the plank? Like you know, the plank yeah, for I did. It, it's like those things. It's like, well, it's easy just to sit there. Then you get two minutes in. I've done it five minutes before. That's a long time. That's pretty impressive. But then my wife was like, well, my, my coach at her place does it for six. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I Way heard, to shit on my parade. I heard that once you can do two minutes, it's better that you incorporate other exercises into it, like push-ups. Probably. It's probably just an ego thing. Like, I do, I could do this ten minutes. I think like, so. fuck. Okay, I think this so. guy's shit. <laughs> but, I, yeah. I think to be able to do it that long, you've already done a bunch of other shit to make yourself strong. Right. No, and five minutes is very impressive. Yeah. I can't do it now, though. I'm getting there. I've been working out a lot, man. Every day. Yeah, every day. Well, but I'm not going as... I The last week, I haven't gone as intense. I'm going to get back tomorrow, though. It's like, hard. Like, the minute you step off it, you get older, like, in your late 30s, mid-30s. The minute you step off the gas, like, you notice, you feel it. If you're not on your game, you feel it in the morning, sore, tired. <clears throat> If I'm on it like an hour, hour and a half a day, just have to suck it up. I feel great. Yeah, but it takes. You get older, man. Shit, it get. It takes every day. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's worth it though. I don't know. It's just hard. It's hard to stay that practiced about something. It's hard getting into it, and it's hard when you get out of it. Yeah, that's true. You got to make it a ritual, but even then, it gets hard. Like I could work out for a month straight. Still gets. It's still hard. I wish there was like a pill you could take and you just had like, you just were shredded. But then it's like, well, it's not worth it. It's like when we hiked, we hiked last and we hiked broke off. Water tasted so much better after going through that whole thing. Or a pizza, we went to pizza one time, remember? We yeah. hiked Sawmill Peak. Well, we, if, if you could have the pill, you know, get shredded and, st- and it somehow gave you the feeling of like you're starving and your muscles have been worked. I don't know. You still know you haven't though. It's still different than you know you worked for it. Like, how good was that pizza probably, after hiking Sawmill Peak? Probably, yeah. Like, if someone took a pill and rode an escalator up, you'd be like, fuck that person. <laughs> no, you're right. I don't know why you're right, but... I don't know. It's because I'm always right. <laughs> 95% of the time, sure. That's pretty good. I would take 90. I would take 80. Like, if my first book, if you, like... If you give me a grade and you give me 80, I'd be like, okay, that's all right. I'd be happy with that. 70s, yeah. I'd be like, shit, okay, well, it's still passing. No, still on to something. 80 is above average. Yeah. What grade would you give our book? A Journey with Two Mystics out now on a va- on uh, Whiff and Stock Publishers. <laughs> would you give it an 80? <laughs> 80, uh, 80. I'd give it 85. I was going to say 85. 
You're being modest. This false modesty bullshit. It was pretty dang good. It was good, but it wasn't great. That would be my opinion. It's good. I, I don't know if I like putting it in those terms, but... Well, you don't have to. You don't have to agree with me. Well, something that would be equivalent to great, 85%. Solid. Very solid. solid. Very solid. Maybe just artistically. Artistically, maybe, or... that That's how it got dinged a little bit? For me, I like the letter format. I like writing letters back and forth. But I like the the realness of our conversations. That's why I like writing our new book, The Bonfire Sessions, more and doing the podcast because it's more true to life. Yeah. Maybe maybe our book was forced in a certain way. Like we had um, this section. These the this collection of letters is going to talk about this. This collection of letters is going to talk about that. It seemed like it was in a unnatural place between two genres or something. Maybe. It was still good, I think. I think we had a lot of good things to say. But yeah, then, then you know, again, it comes back to maybe artistic interest. I don't know. I mean, content-wise, maybe 87, 89%. Yeah, that's good. I'll take that. If I got all 85s in college, I would have fucking, it would have been easier. I would have done better. I had a three point, I think it was 3.01 when I graduated. Okay. I got on the Dean's list when I started taking more music classes and I got a high, that bumped me. I was in the twos. I never been in the twos in college or in high school. I was almost towards 4.0 in high school. 3.86, I think. Right. I, I had four point something when I graduated high school. Oh, damn. Over four? Because you had the AP? Well, college connection. Okay. So you take, yeah, the college courses bump it, huh? And then in college, at Butte College, I was a solid A. And then after that, well, no, no, B, B, B plus. That's still good. And then when I hit Chico State, uh, drastic decline. <laughs> like one point something? Uh, yeah. Something like oh, that. man. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think we talked about this before, but I just wasn't in the right major. I mean, yeah. It's and hard. I wasn't feeling good. It's hard. We... we we always ask these kids, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, what, do you, what the fuck do you mean? Like, come on. Just do what you want to do now. Just just be a kid, man. What do you want to be when you grow up? Who knows? Just plan that you're going to be fast food until you're 30. <laughs> That's the reality, man. And then People got, like, degrees and degrees, and they still, still, still can't get a job. That's sad. It's crazy. That's it's, a waste of money is what that is. Totally. It's almost like the 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 masters is the new bachelor's. Like you got to get a master's degree. A bachelor's is like whatever. Everyone's got a bachelor's. Bachelor's is like graduating high school. Almost. I got a bachelor's. Doesn't doesn't do me much good at all. I don't even have all. a bachelor's. I have three associate's degrees. That's why you got to do this shit. You got to go. Okay. I'm gonna create content. You don't need you don't need creden- credentials. You just need to prove you got a good product. No, you don't need a degree to get hopefully rich. Right. I don't think we're going to get rich doing this, man. <sighs> I never thought... I'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a knock on the content. But... No, it's not. It's funny. Like I got, I think my our books are good. Like They're uh, Bs, As. I think my last book might have been a 90. Heretic? Yeah, I think it's a 90. But it's like okay if you if you if you got solid eighties and nineties like you should be making a living. It's like it's still hard. Seems fair. Seems, Seems fair. That's how life should work. Yeah, 
I sold a lot of that book, man. Actually, compared to the other ones. Yeah. Pretty happy. But still, you don't make enough. It's funny. Like, you just, you end up creating because you love it. Yeah, you can yeah. make some, you know, you got to check some checks here and there. It's better now. It's, it's more consistent now. But you got to work, though. You got to grind. You got to grind. I still got two, two, two side jobs on the side. I still do social work. So there you go. <laughs> and I still do shit at the farmer's market, man. So but you're on the trajectory. Maybe. Maybe. It's a grind, though. Like, that's the perfect word for it. You got to have, you got to have side hustles. You got to get in there daily. You start slacking for one week. You want to take a week off of doing it? Nope. You start, <laughs> start slipping. Really? You, Even, you can't take a week off? You can. You can. You got to announce it, though. <laughs> People stop giving a shit. They might leave. They might leave. Yeah, like, oh, he must have checked out, man. He's been bitching, moaning, complaining for a year and a half now. Finally did it. Forget about this guy. Right? And everybody's doing a podcast now, so I'm just going to find somebody else. There's so many podcasts, man. It's almost laughable to start a podcast. (laughs) Then it's just like it motivates you. Like, okay, let's be a little more different than something else. That, uh, I'm fine with that. Because uh, less less eyes on you. If you were like one of three podcasts out there, you know, everybody's eyes would be on you. But if you're one of a thousand, you can kind of relax a little bit, you know. I think you can get, if you can get into, um, you can find your niche and you can make it. That's the thing. You don't want to be too famous. You never want to be too famous. You never want to be fucking too soon, but Michael Jackson, you never want to be that guy. I don't think. Yeah, I would I never want to be early or. Well, take uh, or let, maybe he's a bad example, especially with <laughs> the recent documentary and shit. <laughs> but like someone you can't, like Beyonce, you can't go anywhere and everyone knows you. You can't go grocery shopping. You can't go to movies. Oh, you want to just for keeping your anonymity for yeah. For you want your, yeah yeah. You want to be, ma- you want to be making good money, but not too famous. Like where someone might run into be like, hey, it's this guy. You're like yeah, that's cool. But you don't want to be mauled everywhere. Never. Maybe. But if I'm famous, I probably have the money. And if you have the money, you probably have the means to be a hermit. Like, you can just have people go buy your groceries. But you might want to be a hermit, but not everyone would. It might. No. So it might. That might be the goal. I I don't think we're going to. I don't think that's going to. I don't think we have to worry about that. I don't think we have to worry. (laughs) We don't have to cross that bridge yet. Ever. (laughs) Ever, man. Yeah, you just got to try to make a you you got to try to at least just make a living. Everyone's just trying to make a living. That's what everyone most people are trying to make a living. And it'd be cool just to make a living podcasting or writing. Like that'd be dope. It's a lot of work though. It's not as easy as you think. Even if you have so-called success, it's still most people who have a little bit of success are still grinding. They're still they're still working. Do they still have their day job? They're still working their day job, maybe wow. a couple. I got two. I could have one, but they have a certain standard of living. Or in California, too. Even though we're not in San Francisco or LA, but we're still in California. Right. It's expensive as fuck here. Yeah. No, I hear. Yeah. We're well, in California. Man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a little bit of this. Uh, what are we drinking? What is it called again? I was going to say Flanagan. Flanagan. We're almost at an hour, and I need a little sip here. A little sippy sip. <sighs> I, don't even, I don't even know what we could call this episode. We've just been talking about whatever. What were we just talking about? Oh, fame, success. You don't you don't want to have the four Michelin stars. You want to have three. You never want to be the famous one. 
You want to just find your, you want to get right underneath. Don't want to be the 1%. You want to be the 2%. <laughs> I don't want to quite be a household name. Nope. But respected within my own genre. And uh, I want nice. to make a living. Yeah. Just a living. You think, yeah. You think you could make a living doing whatever. If you're good enough. Maybe you can. I just think some things take a lot more effort. Anything artistic takes more effort, I think. You want to sell shit, you become a good salesman. If you've got the personality, you can make 100000 quick, a couple of years. If you want to be a writer, you, you want to be a musician, you can't. You, you typically can't make a couple hundred thousand dollars or $100,000 in a couple of years. And I think <laughs> how, how unique your uh, whatever it is you're doing if you're if you're talking about something that's unique or if you come about it in a unique way, way that always helps yeah, you got to do that this day and age so many people doing so many things how many musicians are there how many bands are there uh, hundreds of <laughs> hundreds of thousands how many podcasts are there hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. right so how many books are there jesus christ when i get in the top 100,000 for any of our books like i'm like happy that's good. I got in the top 3,000 one time on Amazon. I was oh, like, on damn. Amazon, when, yeah. When you think about it, that's like, damn, that's good. It, it's quick. Of all, of all books? Yeah, it's quick, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a week. Oh, and, and, then, and then you follow Yeah, them. and then you yeah. get 500, 600,000. You try to do a little promotion, you might bump up 200,000. There's so, there's so much content out there. You just want to make a living. You don't want to be, you don't have to be like I said, you don't have to be Joe Rogan. You don't have to make 30000 an episode or whatever the fuck he makes. A little bit above, yeah, a little bit above minimum wage. You just, should be able to ex- yeah, expect that. Just something to make yeah. to pay the bills, yeah. man. If you're paying the bills, you're putting a little bit away, you're good. That's all. That's all we're asking people. <laughs> <laughs> it's not unreasonable, no. No, you just got to find the ways to do it, man. It's hard, though. Any artist knows, any musician knows. You could have some good musicians out there you never heard of, you might never hear of. That's like, like our boy Barrett. Like, he's had songs on fucking some good shows. My wife watches. I think it was yeah, like right. um, either Modern Family or This Is Us, Grey's Anatomy, shows like that. Like, you'll hear Barrett's music on there, and it's still like he's a musician. He's grinding. It's tough. You get that one payday, and then it's dry. Well, still a job. I wouldn't change it for the world though. It's no. fun, man. It's cool. It's cool creating something. When you look back and you're like, ah, I did I did something. Something. Not that not that regular work it you shouldn't be proud of. You should be. You could be Buddhist about everything. You're cleaning shit and I'm <laughs> I, I am literally You're yeah. literally cleaning shit. And I've literally been spit on and had shit thrown at me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. You've been spit on? Oh yeah. Where that at? was my, that was my least favorite. You ever been spit on? No. I've been punched, I've been kicked, I've been all that, but the spit, working in group homes when some kid spits on you. Oh, that's right. I was going to say, who's <laughs> <laughs> who would spit on you? Like, people disagreed with you that much. Wow. No, I'm not being picketed at any of my events. <laughs> no, when, you, when, you, when you're in the group home, man, that's the one thing that would piss me off being spit on. I, get a, I had a kid just punch me one time. I walked in the door at 7 in the morning. I just opened the door. Kid socked me, like right in the face. Right, right, it was like in the face, like the lower jaw. They call it like the button. 
if you if you're a boxer you get hit on this lower jaw part there's a nerve right there and you'll go down it was like right there but he was 12 so i just took it and he ran it i think he was surprised (laughs) he's like oh i got him (laughs) he ran in his room i was like i put on my gloves because i was like and i looked at him and i was like it's gonna be like that today huh and so i had to restrain him because he was trying to get the uh curtain rod to stab me i'm guessing (laughs) i was like okay this is a dangerous situation i gotta restrain him Fuck that kid up. <laughs> Didn't mean to. I mean, drug him off his bed, like slammed his. Yeah. It was just one on one. We were supposed to be. We were supposed to be two on one, two staff to one restraint, one kid. We didn't. We were understaffed, so I was just like, "All right, homo. <laughs> All right, homeboy." <laughs> so, what does that mean to restrain him? Ah, uh, like you know, lock him up in certain holds and shit. I could do that. Yeah, but no day. handcuffs or anything. No, like you just hold him. Right. Like you <laughs> pin him. You get him in a wrist lock or whatever. And you got to do it safely. You got to know what you're doing because. Yeah. Kids have died in uh, like juvenile halls before. Oh, shit. Like they get restrained and they get restrained in such a way that they can't breathe. So right. you got to restrain them the right way. I could deal with that all day. The minute someone spits on me, I would tell my staff, you got him because I'm going to hurt this kid. Mm-hmm. I hate getting spit on. Yeah, that's your line, huh? Yeah. That's my line. That's understandable. Yeah, that was gross to me. That happened a couple of times. I don't think I could get punched. That might be my line. Getting punched is not fun. I don't like getting punched. But I could, I could, I could deal with that. Or getting kicked in the knee or something. Having shit thrown at you. It's like whatever. Then it's kind of an adventure. <laughs> the minute bodily fluids are, are included, like, oh, I can't deal with that. The whole thing. I, I couldn't deal with the whole social work thing. Nope. A lot of people can't. That's why I said before, like, I can deal with the boredom of cleaning toilets and vacuuming between pews. <laughs> <laughs> Even at a church. Even at a church. You know, yeah. Where I don't necessarily believe in what they're preaching. That's a whole different kind of hard, though. At least in the jobs I have, no one asks you about what you believe. They don't care. Yeah, every day it feels like I'm having my beliefs thrown in my face. Well, you just get told certain things are true all the time. I mean, even if you don't go to church, like you're around people who just think differently than you. That's cool. That's okay. Sometimes like it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. It's very um, tiring, I guess. Yeah. And this is always kind of more, <laughs> they're more explicitly against what, what I believe. Yeah. I remember hearing. Just by the nature of the job. I remember hearing about that kind of stuff. Where it's like, what I believe is considered dangerous, so it's got to be rebuked or protected against. It's like, man, that's, that's a weird place to be in. It's like you don't you don't choose your beliefs independent of like what you can or cannot believe. Like if you believe something that you just are, you'll know you're faking it. You'll know deep down, and so we we choose our beliefs based on our convictions. Yeah. As uh, David Bentley Hart puts it, I mean, either you find something credible or you, or you don't. You can't will yourself to believe something that doesn't seem credible. Um, yeah, because so. you'll know you're lying to yourself if you do. Mm-hmm. You'll always know. You might convince others. So that's why it seems kind of cruel to make that a criteria for people to make it into heaven. Um, oh, it's, it seems entirely absurd. Like if I if I didn't believe in Jesus, 
if I didn't believe that Jesus died for my sins. I mean, other than seeing the historical footage, I don't know what's going to change my mind. No, so, and people don't always have the best <laughs> stories to tell you. Like, it's like sometimes someone could tell you about Jesus and it's the most absurd version of Jesus. And that might be all you've ever heard of him. You're like, this is stupid. You'd have to be crazy to believe it. Yeah. Right. So then you're still held to that standard, even though someone presented Jesus to you in the most absurd ways, like they're yelling at you about how much he hated you or what if that's the only experience of Jesus you ever had? Jesus can be like, well, you should have known better. It's like, yeah, really? Come on, Jesus. If the only news of Jesus was from your priest. <laughs> yeah. Or your Westboro Baptist church right. parishioner. Or yeah, or the priest who touched your sister or brother and like, or you. Like sometimes it's like we gotta step the fuck back. It's it's a yeah. It's weird. Pretty unfair. Seems pretty unfair. Seems really unfair. That's what I always thought. It was unfair. I never had the biblical arguments or the philosophical arguments growing up. But one thing that I never shook was like, this is unfair. Like I was good. Like if he's good, he shouldn't be worse than us. I would never punish someone forever or even let them be punished forever. Mm -hmm. Like if I had the power to stop it, like that's even sick people, I think would be like, all right, cut it off. Like this is enough. Well, that's where holiness I think comes in. That's where holiness saves the day with evangelicals. Or, or with anybody yeah. who believes in eternal conscious torment. Holiness that they, of course, get to define, right? Yeah. I mean, according to the Bible. Yeah, yeah. I guess. But it just means set apart. Set apart, yeah. And Then I always ask, well, if God's set apart, how is he set apart? In a horrific kind of way. <laughs> right, yeah. in the most horrific, <laughs> shitty way. Like, okay, maybe. Set apart, yeah, you can be set apart in a bad way. I guess that's possible. I, I guess that's possible. But I would think you'd be set apart that, like, God is love. Well, no one can say that they are love. They can say they're loving or that they're this and that. But you can't say, I am the embodiment of love. It's like, sometimes, maybe. <laughs> no, all the time. Like, okay, God's set apart that way all the time. Right, and I would say, that's the that's the Bible that I read right now. That's the... Christianity that I there there is actually still a Christianity that I, I identify with. Um, yeah, and it's really? and it's uh <laughs> I know I mean I, I don't choose to identify I don't self identify that way. But. No, but you're not gonna get mad at me if I say you're kind of a Christian. Yeah, I, I know where you're coming from and I take it as a compliment. Yeah. I have a hard time with the word though too. Because it, it means a certain thing. And I feel like when I say I'm a Christian, I have to qualify it because it's already assumed to be like Christian is evangelical where I live, where you live in the United States, California, whatever. Mm -hmm. It always means like evangelical. If you're Catholic, you say you're Catholic. <laughs> if you say you're Christian, you're evangelical right. for the most part. And it's just. Okay. It sucks to have to to qualify your faith tradition. Well, I'm Christian, but hold on. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with the gays. Yeah. I don't believe people go to hell. This and that. Like, you have to always qualify it. 
But it seems like it should just be one line. I'm I'm a Christian, but I'm a universalist. I had one person who was so confused by that. He was like, "What that that exists?" And I was like, ah, "Yeah, yes, it does." <laughs> just one person. Just one person. Yeah, no, two. Me and you, Talbot, David Bentley Hart. We got some, we got some solid people on our side. I would include Brad Jerzak. I would include Rob Bell. He can say he's not. I'll include him. You're included, Rob. We're gonna force you out of the closet. Sorry. James Allison might be. He might be more towards the universalist side. Any Girardian, I think, is going to lean towards that way. They might not be all the way. Any Girardian would be between an annihilationist and a, a universalist, I'd say. I've yet to find a Girardian who believes in eternal torment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who, who who's following Watts would not. I was just going to say, I would, I would call Watts a universalist. I think he might be okay with that. He would certainly be sitting at the table and not, I mean, yes. he would definitely push us back, but we would shake hands only, at the end of the day and be right. cool with what we're saying. Hopefully, perhaps only on the it emphasis. Which again, I mean, that's just language. What's I the mean, emphasis? Yeah. The jots and tittles aren't really that important, are they? I think the overall story, well, if you get close to the story, it's cool. You don't have to get the right, the jots and tittles. People ask me all the time, what does this verse mean? What does this verse mean? I'm like... Wasn't, I, I, mean, I can it, tell you what it means to a lot of different people. Not exactly sure. But are you living a good life? Yes. So does it matter? Yeah. Not really. I don't know. What does love tell you? What does it tell you to be loving? I don't know. I know a lot of verses, but I know how to exegete them. But sometimes it's like, sometimes I just want to say, I don't care what that verse says. <laughs> <laughs> It's like if you're reading the Bhagavad Gita, like, well, what did Krishna mean when he told this to Arjuna? Like, I don't know. I don't know what he meant. <laughs> what does it mean to you? I might be able to get, you know, something out of it, but I can't tell you what it means. And how am I supposed to know what a fictional character is thinking anyways? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should draw a bunch of different meanings out of it. You think Jesus was fictional? I think maybe the... The biblical account of him was fictional. I think there was a, a historical Jesus, but fictional in just in definitely in the way that it's not complete. It's a very uh, you don't get close to the very close to the actual person of Jesus. No, you always get the theology of the writer. You always get an emphasis. The writer of Matthew's Gospels vastly got a different point of emphasis than right. John. You can't admit that. Like, we're reading different Bibles or something. <laughs> I don't know. Something's going on. But I wouldn't say Jesus was mythical. No. No, I think no. he gets mythologized. I think some yeah. things were mythologized that said about him. But yeah, I think even even the scholars like Bart Ehrman, who are an atheist essentially, say that Jesus is real. Of course, it seems more along. The, the lines of like conspiracy theory that he wasn't. What do you think about Buddha though? There was a there was a first Buddha. Is there a Siddhartha? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but again, think, maybe it's the same sort of thing. Like it's it gets mythologized in a way. The character that was. Uh huh. I don't. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with him um, being historical, a historical figure. But 
for me, it goes back to it doesn't matter to me that I don't that I don't know that sure I, that I can't know for sure. Sure, a lot of people have to know. Like if you say, which is weird. If you uh, say Moses might not have been a historical figure or Abraham, like there's a pretty decent chance that Abraham wasn't. Yeah, like he could be a archetype. And it doesn't it doesn't affect my overall theology. It affects a lot of people though. The minute you say that shit, people. Well, as well as as well it should. I would. Yeah. Well, you have a certain view of the Bible. I think that hinges on the literalism of those yeah. people. But yeah, and the that's my theology doesn't depend on that. No, nor mine. No. I I'm I'm sure there is a person that was like Abraham. Maybe he was even named Abraham. But I think again, like no one was sitting there journaling what he was doing. This is a story that was created out of this person. So I can never assume that every jot and tittle about their historic life was accurate. Mm. Did he kill Isaac? Did he not? Well, some Jewish scholars say he actually killed Isaac. And then it gets kind of, really? yeah. yeah. Like he comes down the mountain by himself without Isaac. It's like, uh oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoopsie. That's cool. Yeah. So like, what do you maybe? I mean, I, I don't know either way. No, I, for me the the point is uh, what it, what's the story trying to tell you? That's all I care about. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Like what do I get out of the story? Well, for the first time in history someone didn't kill their first son. That's pretty cool. Like as the story is read. Maybe he did, but they try to they try to make an emphasis that he didn't. I think it's funny how that's significant right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Maybe he did, but then it's like, but he no, shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. <laughs> but he shouldn't have. <laughs> and it sort of reads as if he didn't. So, well, whatever happened happened. I have no idea. I wasn't there. I can't. I can't trust the biblical account because I can't. Because you could interpret it different ways. Like I don't read Hebrew. Different scholars say different this, different, there's different interpretations of it. The Jewish tradition was really interested in having dialogue about what things said. Uh, mid, midrash, 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 yeah. I mean, rabbinic Judaism mm -hmm. was all about that shit. So there's different ways to approach different texts. And that's what's cool. It's like, okay, maybe he killed them, maybe he didn't. But the story is trying to say, no, he didn't. <laughs> and so that's, I think, significant. Like, he didn't. Everyone else would have. Like, that shit would have just been assumed. Like, you got to go. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the interesting part right there. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Yeah, who cares if it actually took place? Right. When you when you see that it's like, well, they're trying to make a point. Like, but he didn't want to, or he didn't, or Yahweh is yeah. different than the other yeah. gods, El, and... Well, El was just the, the head god, which was different at different times. Like Yahweh eventually becomes El. Like he eventually becomes the head god. Like, and then all the other gods die away. And then they become, it's like, we don't often assume, we don't, we never assume or even admit that pre Judaism, they believed in multiple gods. Like, if you said that to an evangelical, they would lose their mind. I never learned that in Sunday school. Never. The pulpit. Never. Like, there was a council of gods. Yahweh was one of them. And it doesn't mean, like, event, like they were right. It just, I don't know. They believe that. So, in a way, there are those gods. Like we said, like, if you believe Zeus is real, you 
manifest what Zeus is. If you believe Zeus is real, he has some sort of existence. He has right. some sort of authority over you. Yeah. You, there's no get or getting around that. And therefore, the universe changes in some sort of way. So yeah. those gods, the fact that they believed in them, fundamentally changed you know, their world, including the belief of like what Yahweh was like. So that's what's interesting. It's like, then we just always assume that they always had the right understanding of like, if God said this in this book, it's like that was right. God said, go kill all those people. God slaughtered those people. Go do this and that. That's what they believe, certainly. We still believe that sometimes, but I don't know if they were right. I, I don't. I know a lot of people who do. I know a lot of people who do also. It's it's weird how few people actually question that. Like, go to your Bible, go to a Bible study and just question that. Did he really say that in Joshua? Did God really do this? All the babies, all the donkeys. Yeah. He said that. Only spare the trees or the bushes or whatever. No, it, it's the, it's definitely the minority p position to uh, not believe that literally. I remember asking in a, in a Bible study about, I think it was something to do in, in Psalms with David, something with slavery. <laughs> Or something David did. Did he really? Yeah, you know, God said this, and it was just like this harsh command or something. And it's like, well, yeah. Or no, it's some about slavery, and they're like, well, the slaves, the Hebrew, the people who the Hebrews enslaved were treated much differently than when the Hebrews were slaves. And I just want to be, but they're still slaves. <laughs> like, you, you really, you're cool with like, well, we had slaves, but we treated them really kindly. It's like, no, you didn't. They're slaves. <laughs> What? Yeah, I mean the goal the goal is of course to get rid of slaves. But I mean just because you can't do option A doesn't mean you can't do option C. I mean better as Barack Obama says better better is good. I mean any kind of improvement is good. I would yeah, I would agree with that in in a certain don't rest way. on your laurels though. I mean so you treat your slaves better. That's not that's not the end goal right there. Right. And that's where I would that's where I would find that middle way. <clears throat> like the Hebrew Bible is really progressive when compared to its cultural counterpart. But we can't rest on our interpretation of that. Like we have to denounce, denounce slavery even if they were more progressive in their treatment of slaves. So then we have to say, well what is the Bible? I think it's more progressive revelation than it is like God dictated all these things mm -hmm. at, at the time and they just yeah that's where I'd find the middle way like yeah I still think the Bible's the middle way being finding the trajectory oh for sure which way the Bible is uh, what, what the Bible is pointing to not necessarily that um, being nice to your slaves is the middle way towards being overly nice and being an asshole but the middle way is finding the trajectory in the Bible. That, yeah, exactly. Saying that, yeah, I'm not going to say that per our standards that that is the right, that's the middle way and that's the <laughs> right. right way. Yeah. But I'm saying, yeah, when you, when you take the Bible in its context and you, and you see it going from one place to another, yeah, you see that overall trajectory knowing they're going to get it wrong along the way. Until yeah. you get to a place where 
when you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you would never own a slave because you, you yourself would never want to be enslaved. <clears throat> so therefore you could never enslave someone else. Yeah. That's what everything is pointing towards. Sure. Yeah. Something like that. And, and a lot of those sort of passages like do to others what you would have done to you. You could never coerce others because you'd never want to be coerced. And if you say you want to be coerced, you're just playing, you're role playing or you're into fetish or something or <laughs> kink, <laughs> but you never actually want to be coerced. So therefore you could never coerce someone else. People yeah. don't see that. They yeah. they, they pick and it's a pick, pick and choose methodology. And I wonder if it's, they have it in Buddhism, right? Some sort of fundamentalism or is it just the Abrahamic religions? Well, there's definitely uh, those within Buddhism that, it's all about your mind has to be completely clear when you meditate. As opposed to letting... No, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me start over. That the only way to be saved, to, and the only way to achieve nirvana is through uh, doing meditation in a certain kind of way. I, I think that's where um, Buddhism gets uh, more fundamental. Hmm. Um, so there's Buddhist fundamentalists. Yes, believe it or not. I, yeah. I bet they're on the, they're less on the average than Christianity or, or more Buddhists or are more Buddhists are enlightened than than not. More so, I think. I would I would hope so. I would think so. I haven't done a study. Go look I'm, up go look go look up a study. <laughs> I mean, Buddhist is still a novelty to me, so I still kind of have rose-colored glasses and mm. uh you know, I didn't grow grow up in it. Yeah. I wonder if we grow up in it, we see more of the negatives and gravitate towards those. I would think so. I would like to think that um, taking away novelty, you know, Christian theology is just as good as Buddhist theology. I mean, one mm. theology is just as good as another. They just talk about things from a slightly different angle. I think when you break it all down, when you get to the the nuggets of what people are saying, I think that seems true one voice yeah yeah i don't think i don't think jesus was saying too much different than what the buddha was saying he had his context yeah jewish context rather than a jewish occupied roman province context second temple jewish different than a different time period jewish probably so yeah right. speaking to that context where the buddha was never speaking to that context or probably never had it on his mind or siddhartha or whoever so it's always it's always coming from their context, but pointing at the same thing, like we've said. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I would say they're just throwing this out there. <laughs> See what they all, they all have. They're all pointing to something that's universal. They're all pointing to a universal grace. I totally agree with that. Maybe I, perhaps I, a universal effortlessness, maybe. Right. A universal Christ, a universal mm -hmm. Buddha. Universal, universal, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I know the Catholic Church likes just Catholic means universal. Like say the universal church, and it's like, but then you make it so non-universal. That's what doesn't. That's what doesn't. Yeah, it gets me. <laughs> that's why it's confusing. Yeah, if you're universal, you're gonna have people from different faith traditions. In my opinion, I would say I would sit down with you and the Buddha and Jesus, and Rumi, and none of us at the end of the day would be like, you're so wrong, you're dead wrong. Way off base, I would hope. 
That would be my goal is to sit down with people like that. Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Rumi, Jesus, Buddha, and we'd all at the end of the day be like, yeah, this dude's on it. Yeah, he's a good dude. This guy's on to something. Yeah, I don't know how that couldn't be the case. I hope so. Unless I just have completely misunderstood everything that I've read. That, that kind of seems to be the case. And everything you've experienced, too. And everything I've experienced, yeah. More importantly. Yeah, man, I hope so. Fingers crossed, like we said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers and toes. Fingers and toes and everything else because we're superstitious. I don't I don't I'm not afraid. I think I think we're on to something. I think I think if you are really following the Buddha or you're really following Jesus or you're really just trying to be loving and other oriented, thinking about others and trying all, to all path all paths lead lead to heaven. Uh, all I think there's I think there's a path to heaven that a lot of roads lead to. I think there's there a, cer- a certain path, a certain way of being a human being. Uh, I don't think evangelicalism leads to leads to heaven. I think it gets there despite itself. I, th- I think it, uh, it stumbles onto other paths. Yep, I think that's right. Evangelicals can find the kingdom of God. They might find it in spite of evangelicalism. But evangelicalism, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I feel like I did. I feel like I did. I found the way of being a human being and I'm not perfect and I misstep all the time. All the fucking time. But the path is grace and mercy and not being a dick. <laughs> yeah. And there's grace for that too. Yes. For sure. Yeah. You ready to call a night and just chill, man? Yeah, I think I'm done saying things that are coherent. <laughs> That's good. I think this was coherent. I hope it was coherent. If it was coherent, make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends that there's this cool podcast where you don't need to take notes. You just listen. Believe it or not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, just have a drink. Enjoy an hour to two hours of people just bullshitting. And we hope it's entertaining. If it is, please subscribe. Tell your friends, share it on social media. This is episode three of the Bonfire Sessions. We'll see you on episode four. As always, be kind to one another. Don't don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. This is this is how we're gonna end shit with this. We stumbled upon the phrase don't be a dick, and we mean it. So be nice. Play us out, Barrett. Right, see you guys.